Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis, solo for the final hour, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern. As we do each and every weekday, catch this show live, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. If not, no problem. Check it out on demand anytime you want. Go to podcast, search Scout Fantasy Sports, hit subscribe, and get notified when a new episode is uploaded. You could also check out ScoutFantasySports.com. I'll have my stock watch for fantasy baseball out tomorrow. We got an NFL draft, fantasy rookie primer, really good stuff. Nice scouting reports. Uh, looking at the height and weight, uh, projected teams that could get drafted, where they should go in a dynasty draft. Obviously, it could change depending on the landing spot. But a little brief scouting report on some of the top rookies, so you could check that out now. Sean Childs has his top five running backs uh, of the draft, also has his top five quarterbacks as well. And you can ask your questions on the message boards and forms anytime you want. Also, check out scoutdfs.com for all of your MLB, NBA, NHL, PGA MMA needs, so you could check that out as well. Lots to get to in this hour. We'll have Jim Day, a.k.a. Fantasy Taz, coming up in the next segment. Now he is a part of the Scout Fantasy Sports family, so we'll talk about what he's going to be doing for us and some football with him with the draft about a week away, one week from tomorrow night. Round one will begin. Let's take a look at some of the top things going on in baseball right now. And, of course, uh, more injuries. Uh, That's basically what it's been about. Uh, Today, there's some afternoon baseball. Lucas Giolito was removed from his start. Uh, Apparently a leg or foot injury. So he walked off the field with the trainer after he landed awkwardly uh, in the third inning. And uh, he had struck out five batters over two and two-thirds innings without allowing a hit. So he's kind of showing flashes in this is just a tough break. But, hey, isn't that how uh, things are going in baseball right now? Uh, Odubel Herrera was removed from today's game for the Phillies against the Mets. It looked like he tweaked something while running. A uh, fly ball uh, caught off the bat of Ahmed Rosario. Aaron Altair replaced him. So I don't know if it was uh, hammy or what, but he was taken out of the game. Haven't seen any update yet. Andrew Benatendi remains out of the lineup for the Red Sox. Remember on Sunday, he fouled the ball off his foot. This will now be the third consecutive game he sits with a bruised right foot. So uh, that means J.D. Martinez has to play left field for the Red Sox. He sees the usual DH. So, uh, I mean, I would think he's not going to go on the DL since they didn't do it at this point. Uh, But we'll just have to wait and see what the uh, word is on him. Uh, looks like Mike Soroka is going to start for the Braves tomorrow afternoon against the Diamondbacks. He was supposed to pitch a triple A, but uh, tonight he was scratched and it looks like he is making his way to Atlanta. So he's definitely someone that could be interesting. We know he has a good arm. We saw him last year. Uh, he went 25 and two thirds innings, 
21 strikeouts, seven walks, and a 3-5-1 ERA. And that's the thing with Atlanta is that they just got so many good young arms that, you know, it, it could be a rotation throughout the year. So, you know, Tuki Toussaint was drafted by a lot of teams. He didn't even make the team out of spring. And what happened? Uh, Sean Newcomb got hammered in his last start. Tuki came in and threw six scoreless innings. Now he's in the rotation. Sean Newcomb in the minor leagues. Kyle Wright got sent down. So Mike Fultonewich is also close to a return. So he'll be in the rotation. But what if Soroka comes up and throws a gem? So uh, that's going to be interesting. And if he does, you know, he could be a big fab waiver wire pickup uh, over the weekend. And uh, we saw people spend a lot of money on Tuki. So uh, beware of that. Obviously, if you're in a first come first serve league and you need a starter certainly someone to to consider because there definitely is a lot of ability there uh, if that shoulder can hold up uh braves activated brian mccann from the injured list not that a lot of people are using them but some people might have uh, had tyler flowers in there so he'll go back to kind of splitting at this point uh the big news from this morning is nick pavetta sent down to the minor leagues by the phillies and that had to catch a lot of people by surprise. I know when I saw it, I was a little stunned myself, but uh, Pavetta has not been good, man. He just hasn't. And, you know, uh, we've talked, I've talked a little bit about Pavetta. Now, basically, December, January, you start to think about things and where guys are being drafted. And I said, you know what? Nick Pavetta could be a nice bargain this year. And I did like him last year, got him late, and he disappointed. There was just some high points and some real low points with Pavetta. And you look at the underlying numbers and you're like, you know what? This guy can be good. You know, he was near the top as far as um, uh, strikeouts. Uh, he he was, had one of the highest strikeout percentages. But we've seen pitchers like this before where a lot of the underlying numbers say, hey, he should be better. But for some reason, they just can't put it together. We, we heard Gabe Kapler, be his last start, criticizing uh, Pavetta for not – uh, you know, putting hitters away. And, you know, his first three starts were terrible. And even yesterday, you know, he was handed a 10 nothing lead, and he only got through five innings. He just wasn't good. Even early on, he got fortunate in the first inning. I think he got, like, he issued a, a hit and a walk, and it was, like, first and third, no one out. He was fortunate to get a double play. You know, that inning could have turned into a disaster. He was able to get out of it, and obviously it turned out to be big with the Phillies scoring all those runs. But, you know, just five innings yesterday, and, you know, the, the strikeouts weren't there. Uh, they haven't been there in the last couple starts, and uh, two strikeouts in five innings, seven hits, three walks. So his whip was two. He allowed two home runs. He allowed five home runs on the season, and, you know, that's going to be a factor when you pitch in Philly. You're going to allow home runs. you got to curtail those home runs. So in 18 and a third innings, he's allowed 31 hits. Now, yes, bad luck, 413, bad luck, sure. But the walk rate was high. The strikeouts were down. Uh, it's just not there for Pavetta. And the Phillies know that it's going to be a tight competition for the postseason this year. This is a very difficult National League East. You got the Nationals, the Braves, the Mets. Uh, all these teams should be here, barring catastrophic injuries, all season long. And this is my point, what I was saying the other day about the Mets and Jason Vargas. You can't keep running this guy out here. It's going to cost you games. You're going to go in your bullpen early. And you could say, oh, it's only April. All these games matter. You might miss the playoffs by one game. You might miss winning a division by two games. Now have to play in the wild card and rely on one game. You can't mess around. And that's what the Phillies are doing here. They're saying, you know what? He's not getting the job done. We're going to send him down. And hopefully he fixes it and gets back up. And 
I think that's why a lot of people are surprised, but I can understand why they're doing it. And we'll just have to wait and see when he returns. But Jared Eikhoff, he'll join the rotation now. His first start is Sunday at Coors Field. Don't think you want to use him there. Uh, but Eikhoff could be someone that could be interesting if he stays in the rotation. Uh, but Pavetta was someone that a lot of people like. So going back to what I said, December, January, I'm like, yeah, Pavetta will be nice. Then I started to see the drafts where he went. I'm like, what? Really? How did Nick Pavetta find his way here to the 11th, 12th round? And again, I liked the arm, but I hated the price. And I didn't get him in any league except one. And it was an auction league. I went to nine, and I almost thought it was a lock. He would go, someone would say 10. No one said 10, and I was like, okay, fine. Hopefully he breaks out. I thought that was a, a decent price for him. I wasn't planning on getting him. I kind of just said 9, thinking, all right, someone's going to go 10. I wouldn't have went 11, and I'm not saying that in hindsight now because, again, I think he does have the possibility. It's just that people were paying for the expected breakout or a big step up, and I wasn't sure if it was going to happen. So I think a lot of people – saved me because of the price and this happens and I've always said this for all fantasy sports you can come in and have an idea and say this is my guy I want him I'm gonna pay whatever the price is I don't think you can do that there has to be a price where you say this is the cutoff as much as I love this guy unless you just are like absolutely certain like this guy is gonna blow up it's a lock and you know there's been a handful of players like that over the years but I just felt Pavetta's price was just way too high, and I wasn't willing to pay it, and it saved me. And I think at 15-team leagues, it's a tough decision what to whether you cut him or not. And the team that I, where I do have him, it is 15-team le- league. I actually benched him this week for a two-star week, and a lot of times you would say, okay, well, if you can't start over a two-star week, why do you own him? And I have said that quite a bit. It's just I haven't liked what I've seen from Pavetta. He was home against a Mets offense that's been good, and then at course Field? Uh, you know, the, with, with the, you know, I don't know what the weather is going to be, but it, it's starting to get warmer. I didn't want to risk that. And I already have a solid ERA and whip. I didn't want it to get blown up in a Steven Matz-esque way. So I benched him. So I, now in that league, we do have uh, IL spots, and I got three guys hurt. So I might hold him for another week, and there's not a ton on the waiver wire. But in a 12-team league, I could see you cutting him for sure. 15-team league, I might hold uh, for at least a week to see what happens. Maybe he goes to the minors, figures something out, has a dominant out, and they call him back up. Maybe there's an injury and he comes back up. But it definitely has to be deflating for those people that invested in Pavetta right now uh, because I don't think anyone saw this coming. Uh, Harrison Bader placed on the injured list. 10-day uh, DL, uh, IL. Got to remember to say that. Retroactive to April 14th. He's got a right hamstring strain. Uh, happened over the weekend, and he's been out. So you knew that this was going to happen, usually any time with a hammy. So, of course, Tyler O'Neill. He was also placed on the injured list. And, and as I said, I talked about Jose Martinez, I think, Monday in the fab uh, period because Martinez was someone that I took in the NFBC auction reserve round, and I had a lot of injuries, four injuries. And it comes to a point where you got to make a tough decision. And Jose Martinez at the time wasn't playing, and I need active bodies. So I had to cut Jose Martinez, and I knew. I knew once I did, something was going to happen. Now, if I held on to him, nothing would have happened. 
So I had to cut him, and now someone picked him up last week. They spent over 100 bucks, and now Jose Martinez is going to get more playing time in right field with Dexter Fowler, shifting over to center. So if Jose Martinez is available in your league, he's an excellent pickup. We all know he's a liability defensively, but he's going to get the opportunity to play here, and the guy can hit. And who knows? What if he goes on fire? Maybe they keep him in the lineup. And if that happens, you might have a, a difference maker there, as we saw last year. So it sucks, and we've all been there in every sport. And I always say, if you feel like you made the best decision at the time with the information at hand, you just can't second-guess it. It's just you have this bad luck run in some of your leagues. It happens to all of us, and I can sit here and say, oh, I shouldn't have done it, but it was the right call at the time. I didn't know Bader and O'Neill were going to get hurt. I mean, I guess I should know that everyone's going to get hurt in baseball nowadays with the way things are going, but it was the right decision and nothing I could do now. And another team gets lucky. And you know what? That easily could have been me. I could have been the team that didn't have injuries or had one and said, hey, Martinez was dropped. I'm going to pick him up because I have the roster space. I can stash him on the bench, and if something occurs in the next week or two and he gets an opportunity to start, I plug him in my lineup. If not, I'll wait it out. If I have more injuries, then I can drop him. I, I've been on that side too. You know, I was in another league where I drafted him, and I held on to him. I didn't really have to make any drastic cuts. Only uh, three injuries in that league. There's no IL spots too. It's Daniel Murphy, Rognet Odor, and Hinjin Ryu. Uh, Ryu is close to a return. He could be back late this week or next week. So, you know, it's like, okay, we're Ryu. Not a long time. Murphy, we don't know the timetable. Odor, we don't know the timetable. But I said, okay, I can hold on to Martinez for another week. I had another cut to make, and I haven't made a lot of moves in that league. Uh, I think I wound up cutting Anthony DiScofani. So I can hold on to Martinez, and you know what? It's great. He's got first and outfield eligibility in that league, and I can plug him in the lineup for next week. Uh, so it works both ways, and, you know, a lot of people sit there and have regrets. Just as long as you make the best decision. We are going to make mistakes, and there are mistakes where I go, damn, that was stupid. And this one, it wasn't. It was the right decision at the time. I, I didn't know, did not know that this was going to occur. Another guy to keep an eye on is Scott Kingery. Gene Segura left yesterday's game with a hamstring injury. He's not in the lineup today. They're saying it could be three to four days, but this is the same thing like Harrison Bader. It might come to a point where they go, you know what? We don't want to play shorthanded. It's a hamstring. You know what? Just take the couple weeks off. This is a guy that does steal bases and is a shortstop, has to move. So maybe they say, you know what, go to the injury list. So that would be a big boost for Scott Kingery, who uh, a guy I drafted also in the league where I provided in the reserve round, but cut him like after a week or two because he wasn't playing um, and couldn't hold on to him. And obviously wish I had him back now. But again, right decision at the time. A lot of times you don't know uh, if guys are going to get hurt or not. And uh, Kingery... With a good game today, he homered yesterday. He homered again today. They put him in the two spot. So, obviously, with Fab running in most leagues on Sunday, we should have more news by then and a better idea. That could also drive up the price. So, he'll be a guy that is pretty expensive this weekend uh, if Segura lands on the injured list. Or maybe he continues to hit the next few days and they say, you know what? Uh, we're going to keep him in the lineup. We'll mix him in. Now, as I said, the Phillies have been pretty much going with the same lineup every day. But Odubel Herrera did leave today's game. So, uh, maybe that opens it up. Uh, they can't use, I don't think they want to use Kingery in center field, though. Uh, they'll probably have all tear there. So we'll see. Maybe they give him some time at second base. Cesar Hernandez is struggle, but he's homered today. Phillies lead the Mets after seven innings, three to one. Kingery homered, Cesar Hernandez homered. Michael Conforto just homered for the Mets, his fifth of the year. My bold prediction for the year 
was Michael Conforto hits 40 home runs. So uh, hopefully he does. And I don't even think I have him in a lot of leagues, which is crazy. like the guy a lot, but I don't know if I have him in a lot of leagues. By the way, Lucas Giolito did leave today's game with left hamstring tightness, according to the White Sox. For the Mets, Zach Wheeler, a solid start today. Did not have great luck behind him. Defense wasn't sharp, but uh, an improvement. Seven innings, five hits, three earned runs, three walks, five strikeouts. He did allow two home runs. Uh, 109 pitches, 72 for strikes. Conforto also stole a second base. And a solid, solid start for Jake Arrieta, but still a lack of strikeouts. A little bit concerning for me. He was good against the Marlins in his last start, as is everyone. And the Mets do strike out quite a bit. He only got three strikeouts today in seven innings. Allowed five hits, one earned run, and one walk. His ERA is down to two on the season. 90 pitches, 58 for strikes. So definitely encouraging, uh, especially if he can hold on to this lead or the bullpen can lock it down. We'll see who the Phillies bring in to close. But I'd like to see more strikeouts from Marietta in order for him to be fantasy relevant. When we return... We'll bring in Jim Day, a.k.a. Fantasy Taz. Welcome him to the family and talk football with him. That is it ahead right here. Scout Fantasy Sports on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game time decisions. You know, I'm a nicer guy than most people. I said no suspension for Kadri. Say, hey, I'm watching you, Kadri. That'd be enough after the fact. The brush tried to run Marlow into the pole uh, next to the bench. It was a cheap shot. I don't know why no one sees that. He, he skated. He waited. He was like, I'm going to wait till right now, and I'm going to try to drill him. That's Marlow, too. Marlow's like 80 years old. He deserved to get hit in the face. You know what, Gabe? And you're, you're right about that. I still think he's going to get a game or two. Weekdays, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. It is Scout Fantasy Sports. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. We'll talk some more baseball in the final segment. We'll get you updated on the live action and get you lineups for tonight's games. But joining me now, it is Jim Day. You know him as Fantasy Taz. Now part of the Scout Fantasy Sports family. Jim, welcome aboard. Hey, thanks, Adam. It's uh, it, it's nice to be there. Great community over at FF Champs. I'm really looking forward to to what I can bring to their table and hopefully help more of their uh, members win this year. 
Well, let us know exactly what you'll be doing. Obviously, you've been around for a while. Anyone knows that when it comes to draft masters, you fire them up. I remember there was one year you probably did over 100, so you've been involved in the community for a while. People have heard you here on the FNTSY radio network, but for people that might be in, tuning in for the first time, uh, give us some background on your fantasy football prowess as well as uh, your responsibilities and what you'll be doing with us. Well, you know, I, I've been playing this game since 1986. Um, and then, you know, I've been writing for different websites uh, since 2001. Uh, back in 2007, I was doing up to eight different podcasts a week. Uh, you know, I, I just I've been doing this a long time. Uh, it, it's good to uh, to come back and, and do it at, on a full time level. Uh, the last website I ran was my own fantasytaz.com, and it was good for a few years, but just didn't have the technical expertise to keep it going. So luckily, I have people behind me to take care of that stuff now. At FF Champs, I mean, there's not you know a, a ton of stuff I really have to do. There's so many great tools on the site already that I can use um, and hopefully develop and maybe bring some other stuff to that table. But, you know, these tools that have been on the site forever have a great history. The, the people love them. They work very well. So, you know, I'm not really going to have to do much with those. Uh, just hopefully my insight and my knowledge of the game uh, bring a little something extra. Now, you're only a football guy when it comes to fantasy, if I'm not mistaken. You have not got into baseball or basketball or any other sport, correct? Well, I, I got, I'm in a couple of baseball leagues this year. What? So far, so good. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, not too bad. And one of them, I'm actually in, in the lead. So I, I like that. The the other one, you know, middle of the pack. Uh, got to make some moves here and there. But, you know, not too bad so far. Wait, okay. Uh, this is something new for you, right? Well, not so much new as I, I haven't done it in a while. I mean, the last time I probably played fantasy baseball was probably about five years ago. Okay, so when football drafts start, whether it's draft champions. Well, they've already stopped. Started. Well, well, they have, <laughs> of course, but it's not at that full force level yet. I think it'll obviously Oh, no, yeah, pick, of course not. I think it'll pick up after the draft and then really yep. pick up in June and then July and August is crazy. So when they start and your focus is on that, how are you going to deal with baseball? You just throw it to the side and forget it? No, I, I just I don't have that kind of personality. I'll probably I will absolutely still make time for the baseball just because I can't do that. I can't walk away from a fantasy team. I don't care what sport it's in. Uh, just the, the way I'm wired, uh, you know, I could be 0 and 13 and still trying, you know, 0 and 12 and still trying to win that last game of the year in a fantasy football league. So, you know, it, it doesn't matter to me. I, I will make time for the baseball, but you know, as you know, football is definitely my top priority. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you said that because that's something I always preach to readers listeners and i'm the same way and it's that's why if like if i accept the league even if there's no money on the line my name's on it so i take pride in that and it sucks because i'm like oh this is it's not as important i should be focusing on this but my name's on it so i don't care and you know i don't think i've ever been 0 12 but if i was <laughs> you know obviously i'd still fight to the end you know i've had baseball leagues where you know you fall out of it i'm still setting my lineup every week i'm still even making pickups and I think that's important, especially in fantasy football, because I've seen teams start off 0-4 and make the playoffs. And I think a lot of people get discouraged, think it's over. It's not. 
No, it's never. Well, I shouldn't say it's never over. Of course, there's a point where it is absolutely over. But, um, you know, I've had teams actually 0-5 in the past that I've made the playoffs. Actually, uh, two years ago, I won a league that I started 0-5. Um, so there's always ways to make moves and improve your team and, you know, keep getting better. And then all you need is for those players to get hot at the right time and go on a little bit of a streak, and you're good. No, definitely it is the case. And even – in baseball right now, I know people have seen their ERAs and whips uh, be very high because the pitching's been bad. And you know, Ooh, How about those Mets pitchers, eh? Well, yeah, they, they've disappointed. Wheeler, <laughs> Wheeler was a little bit better today. Mats was just a disaster yesterday. And I thought I had him, I had him benched in one league, and I said, oh, I didn't have him active. Then I went to go check uh, the GST league, and I was like, oh, man, he was active. So, oh, ouch. <laughs> yeah, that hurt. Uh, fortunately, I had Tyler Glass now for the Rays. We kind of offset it. But, yeah, Mets pitch. I don't know. I, I, don't, so far. I can't personally ever remember a pitcher giving up eight runs before getting an out. Did, has that ever happened before? I'm not sure what the record is. He gave up six earned, eight runs total, although they did not help him. There was two errors. No, yeah, no, they did not. <laughs> there was a ball in center that I thought should have been caught by Nimmo, but I guess his neck was bothering them. So it was just – one of those disaster outings that really damages your And we've seen a lot of that. Carlos Carrasco last week gave up six runs getting two outs. So it's unfortunately happened quite a bit. It looks like the ball's juice. But let's talk football with you. <laughs> I like how you slid right past that. The ball's juice. But let's keep going. <laughs> well, it's, it feels like it. I mean, the ball's flying out and the pitchers are just not producing what uh, we expect, what we paid for. These even the, Jacob DeGrom's had two shaky starts. I mean, we're, yeah, really, exactly. we got spoiled with what he did last year. <laughs> but let's talk football drafts uh, about a week away. And, you know, what should fantasy football owners be doing at this time? A lot of people are like, oh, it's too early for football. I don't need to pay attention. And as a guy who does multiple sports, I disagree with that. You know, I, you got to be thinking football all year round, even though I'm, you know, obviously engrossed in baseball now. But you, you still got to pay attention to what's going on in football. So what should fantasy football owners be paying attention to now to prepare for the upcoming season? Well, really, I, I mean, at this point, it's all about the draft. Who, who lands where? How does that help a fantasy team? Uh, you know, how, how does that actually help the NFL team maybe provide fantasy value? But then, you know, too many people over – value those rookies coming in. Um, so there's two points of view here. You can either overvalue the rookies or know somebody who overvalues rookies and make that work to your advantage. If you're in a league that does, you know, dynasty or keeper value, stuff like that. There's always ways to manipulate those draft picks to increase the value of your fantasy team. And I love doing that. That's one of my favorite things to do because everybody wants a new shiny object that comes along with these draft picks and, you know, these rookies and, oh, I want to have them on my team. But, you know, we and we've gotten a few over the last few years that have done outstanding, which has kind of pushed their value up even more. Um, but, you know, when, when we try and break it down is, you know, there's no Saquon Barkley in this draft. I like Josh Jacobs, but there's no Saquon Barkley in this draft. You know, things like that. The wide receivers, there's a few good wide receivers, but I don't know if there's anybody like an Odell Beckham in this draft either. So, you know, the those rookie picks, if you're dealing with rookie picks, right now is a good time uh, to start trying to make moves on that dynasty team or on that keeper league to you know maybe move some of those picks to get well-established players because those well-established players, in most cases, will help you more than those rookies will. Yeah, and you are right. We've seen some outstanding rookies make a significant impact 
going in the first round of redraft leagues the last couple years. That's not going to happen this year uh, with people coming out of this draft. Now, you, you said you've already done some best ball drafts over the last few weeks. Oh, yeah. I've, I've been actually I, the first best ball draft I did was the day after the Super Bowl. Oh, you're crazy. Uh, I, I, need a, <laughs> I need a little break. At that point, I'm in NBA. Look, look at it this, I'm this way. I was, doing, I was doing fantasy football drafts before you started doing fantasy baseball drafts. I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> with that said, so where are you seeing the top rookies go? Obviously, we don't know where they're going to land, and that will shift things. But, like, where have the top rookies been going? What's, like, the earliest round you've seen a rookie go in the drafts that you have done recently? Um, I've seen a couple of crazy times uh, where a couple of the wide receivers have gone as early as the fifth round. Um, Harry is one of them. Of course, Metcalf, everybody loves that. You know, ever since that picture came out, everybody loves Metcalf. Uh, I'll be honest, I'm not as big a fan as most other people, but it is what it is. But I've seen a couple of those go, go early, as early as the fifth. Uh, I've seen Josh Jacobs go as early as the late fourth in a couple of them. And, you know, at this point, as we know, it's all purely speculation because where they land will dictate a lot of what their fantasy value is. Um, so, you know, we're, we're seeing a little bit of 10 tendency on that once they land once we see what teams they are there's going to be a few of them that are going to move up uh you know into at least that third round uh depending on you know where jacobs lands or damian harris or whoever you like at running back or or wide receiver wherever they land um is going to be big so you know it's going to be it's not a bad class i like the tight ends in this class a lot but it's not a bad class it's just there's really no clear-cut standouts this year yeah, certainly appears that way. Talking to Jim Day, a.k.a. Fantasy Taz. You're a big Giants fan. What was your reaction when you heard the old Dill Beckham trait? I didn't mind. Um, look, I know the man is an outstanding football player. I, I, nothing about that. Um, I just don't like this. the other stuff that comes along with him. Um, one of the things that I really didn't like was last year for the first time we saw Sterling Shepard start to act up on the sideline because he saw Beckham getting away with it and he knew, you know, thought he could too. And just not a good thing. You know, that kind of thing. Everybody says, oh, he's great in the, the locker room and everybody loved him. But, you know, when you start showing those kind of bad traits and things like that, it just has a tendency to start building. Um, the other side of the coin is, let's say they do bring in a rookie quarterback. He starts. If they had gotten off to a bad start with the rookie quarterback what kind of damage would he have done to him and, and that kind of stuff bothers me that we really won't know um how good this trade is for the giants until we see how this draft plays out and who we get back for those you know those picks i mean um that first and third round pick are going to be big uh so you know it's going to come into play what did they do with it if they end up for me the, the best thing is i think kyler murray's going one to arizona I do. Um, so at that point, if I'm the Giants, I, I know they're talking about second rounders, a couple of teams looking at giving a second rounder. You know what? I would have really no qualms about giving up that 17 for Rosen. I like Rosen. I know he had a terrible year, but that whole offense was just terrible. Offensive line, bad, bad offensive scheme all the way around. Um, so I think, you know, put in a proper perspective with good players around him, I, I think he could do a good job. I, I think we could see, you know, uh, maybe not a game. Jared Goff turnaround like we saw from one year, one year to the next. But, you know, pretty damn close. I, I think he could make that step up, especially if the Giants later in this draft get a really good right tackle, which is what they need. Um, otherwise, that offensive line is starting to come together pretty well. I like it. So, you know, I, 
there's it really going to come down to do with see what they do with those picks that they got in this. But if they turn that six and 17 pick into really two really good starters at position of need, then, you know, we may have well done a good job here. You got to remember as good as Beckham is, he has missed 16 out of his last 32 games. What would you like to see the Giants do ideally with those two first round picks? If you, you know, obviously you don't know where it's there, but you know, doing your mocks and looking at mocks, what do you think would be the best fit for the Giants with those two first round picks? Well, it, if they don't get Rosen, if they have to use the two picks, I think they have to come away with an edge rusher and then an offensive tackle at that right tackle spot. Um, they definitely absolutely need an edge rusher. And the one that I really like going to the sixth spot, I mean, a lot of people are talking about Sweat going to them at the sixth. I don't like that pick. Um, I'm, I'm not as big on Sweat as most people are. I know he had a great combine, all that stuff, the numbers off. The, I get it. Uh, but as an actual player, I like Brian Burns from Florida State much more. So I'd love to see them grab Brian Burns at the six, um, six point. Although, you know, he may even fall to the 17, but I wouldn't take that chance. I like him a lot. I would take him at the six. And then I would try and come back at the 17 and get somebody like a Jonah Williams, uh, a really good offensive tackle that could play right or left side if needed, uh, possibly even move into guard if they absolutely needed to. He's got that you know, versatility that really gives them good options. And if he is a right tackle for life, I think he's going to be a damn good uh, right tackle. So, that you know, that's what I think they should really concentrate on unless they have the chance to get Rosen. Did you cry when Rob Gronkowski retired? Yeah, 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 you know I love Gronkowski. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> how know, could you not? How could, but how could you not like Gronk? I mean, even if you're a New England hater, how can you hate that guy? Yeah, I, I hear you. Um, you know, a, a lot of people hate hate him because he parties when they're not playing. So what? He's allowed yeah, to. Right. <laughs> if I was that age, making that kind of money, being on that team, winning all those titles, I'd be out there partying my butt off too. So, yeah, I, I hate that excuse. Uh, but just the, what he did on the field, even in, in this playoffs, hurt as he was, he went out there and did everything he could to help his team win. And, you know, I, I man, I've always – Love this guy. I'm glad he lasted as long as he did. Remember, when he came out of college, people said he wasn't going to last because his back was already a problem in college. That's why everybody loved Hernandez because, oh, Gronk, he, he's not going to be here long. Well, hey, you know what? Gronk just had a Hall of Fame career. <laughs> no, he did, and I, I actually do not blame him at all for retiring. I said it all season. I'm like, uh, he, this is it for him, and to me, it made sense. I mean, his body has took a, a beating in his career, and you've seen these NFL players – when they retire years later, how brutal it looks for them. And I don't blame him. He made a lot of money. And if you've seen, he has not spent his NFL yeah. salary. All the money he I love spent. That. I love that's that. That's smart. <laughs> I mean, and he had, he had a book out. He, you know he can do WWE. He can do almost that. He's got a show, right? He Doesn't he have some type of show, I believe, on television too? He's done all kinds of different shows and things like that. You know. So, yeah, I, I even saw him do a stand-up comedy th show. <laughs> he's got he wasn't very good at that. Yeah, he, <laughs> he could, wasn't very that, good at that. That's something you have to work on, man. Like, yeah. can, There's some people who are naturally funny, but when you have to go up on stage and have prepared material, it's not the same, man. No, no, it's absolutely not. I, I consider myself funny, but I couldn't do it. <laughs> I know. I always thought, I'm like, should I go up and give it a shot? I'm like, I don't know, man. For me, it's just more kind of natural and making comments based on what other people say. And then just to go up there and to have everything prepared, I don't know. But real quickly on that, 
So you have been a guy in the past that takes tight ends early. I've seen you take Gronk in the first round. And we have a pretty top-heavy class with Kelsey, Ertz, and Kittle. Is it a priority for you, based on what you've seen in early drafts, that you would like to get one of those guys, even though it's going to be a second or third round pick? No. <laughs> uh, no. It, the early the early tight end picks for me was always Gronk. That was the only option. If I didn't get Gronk, then I, I moved on. And I know everybody's going to say, oh, look, it was such a terrible year last year. And, you know, tight ends out, outside of those three or four that were great were, you know, just terrible after that. I get all that. Um, but, you know, people are going to overpay for Ebron this year. Um, you know, Kittle is going to be up there. I, there's some people out there already taking Kittle ahead of Kelsey Ennert. So, no, I, I still – I like Ingram. Uh, I like O.J. Howard. You know, the rookies coming in, I love Hawkinson. Uh, I think this kid has a chance to be the next Gronk if he can stay healthy. So, you know, I'm not going to take the early – early ones, unless, you know, if one of them falls to the, you know, maybe the end of the third, beginning of the fourth, maybe I take an option there, but I'm not going to take them in the second round. Good stuff. That is Jim Day. You know him as Fantasy Taz now. Find him at ffchamps.com. He'll be on this show frequently as he was last year for football, and who knows, maybe we co-host at times as well. So, Taz, thanks a lot for the time, and hope the Giants screw up the draft. No, 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 no way. Dallas screw up. Yeah. <laughs> no first okay, round thanks picks. Having so. me. <laughs> All right, thanks a lot, Taz. All right, when okay, we come later. we'll wrap it up, get you updates on live scoring, and look at the lineups for tonight in MOB. That's ahead right here, Scout Fantasy Sports. The Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Lose weight now. Go to Fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at Fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to Fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to Fat100.com. For free information on how you can lose weight, go to Fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's Fat100.com. Are you single? Everyone single is looking for the best date possible. Well, I found one website that can find you the best date, and it's called TheBestDate100.com. Just go there and log in for your free trial and see if you can find your new and maybe last best date. Remember, you can find the best date of your life at TheBestDate100.com. That's TheBestDate100.com. One more time, TheBestDate100.com. Rain dance. Make it rain. Where would they be without DJ LeMay? You, yes. This guy was signed as a free agent to be a super utility guy, right? All of a sudden, he's an everyday player with injuries to Andujar and Tulowitzki, and he is hitting 377. They're putting him at the top of the order. He is a former batting champ, and he was signed to be kind of like the super utility guy, but he has been pressed into action, and I don't know where they would be offensively without DJ LeMay. You, Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Back here at Scout Fantasy Sports, Adam Ronis, 
here until 4 p.m. Eastern. You can find all my work, scoutfantasysports.com. I'll have my baseball stock watch up tomorrow. Sean Childs has a look at his top five running backs. We got our fantasy rookie primer. This is really good stuff with scouting reports on the top rookies. So you can check that out as an addition to scoutdfs.com. The MLB guys have been on fire. Get their content for today. We got an optimizer and Slack chat leading up to lineup block. And you could also participate in a startup dynasty league. Go to playffwc.com and check it out now. Uh, let's get you some updates here on the live action from this afternoon. Right now, it is the top of the ninth inning. The Phillies lead the Mets 3-1. to one. Jake Arrieta with a great performance today for the Phillies. He's in line to get the win if the bullpen can hold it down. Arrieta went eight innings, allowed six hits, one run, two walks, three Ks. He's got a 1.93 ERA on the season. He has not been getting a lot of Ks, so it's a little bit of a concern, especially here against the Mets, a team that does K often. Uh, so Pete Alonso led off the ninth with an infield single. They brought in the lefty, Adam Morgan. He has just hit Robinson Cano with a pitch. So the Mets have first and second with nobody out in the ninth. And Michael Conforto coming to the plate. He has two hits today. He had his fourth home run, and he stole a base. So uh, we'll see. Obviously, I would think Morgan stays to face him. And then uh, J.D. Davis is due up. Then they got a couple righties, J.D. Davis, Rosario, and Darno. And not sure if Brandon Nimmo is available to pinch hit. He's a lefty. So they could go to Hector Neris potentially after. I did see him warming up at the eighth. So uh, 3-1 Phillies lead. Scott Kingery with a home run for the Phillies today as well as Cesar Hernandez. And as I mentioned, Scott Kingery could be a big hot waiver wire pickup over the weekend for those that run fab only on Sunday nights. Uh, if you are in a league with first come first serve and he's out there, you could pick him up. It's speculative. Uh, they're saying that Gene Segura won't go on the DL, but they said that, not didn't say it, but we saw that with Harrison Bader. Uh, he sat out a couple of days. They placed him on the injured list today with hamstring soreness, and that is something you really don't want to play around with, and you don't want to be shorthanded on the bench, especially with teams going so deep into the bullpen nowadays. So uh, that could be a potential change, and uh, Kingery would benefit. The Cardinals are in Milwaukee to take on the Brewers. It is 5-2 in the top of the seventh inning. Uh, for the Cardinals, uh, Matt Carpenter uh, going yard today. Marcelo Zuna is on fire, man. Uh, this guy is just uh, tearing it up right now. And, you know, Ozuna is a guy that I had top 20 outfield, and then I uh, had to move him down uh, because the shoulder surgery, and he wasn't really playing the field, and I was worried. Uh, well, He's been fine. He got off to a slow start, but right now he is sizzling. His eighth home run of the season, driven in 16, now hitting 295. Uh, Matt Carpenter with his third home run of the season. And Michael Walker. who would have thought this? I have Michael Walker in several leagues. You know, he was someone that went really late in drafts, and I figured, all right, you know what, I'll take a shot. You know, he was pretty good last year before he got hurt, and he's coming. Off, he was coming off a terrible start. And in Milwaukee, like, that's a place you don't want your pitchers to pitch right now. So I said, I'm going to bench him. Well, Walker right now, six innings, four hits, two and runs a walk, seven Ks. So a really good performance for him. And uh, Michael Conforto just flew out to deep right field. It was caught on the warning track. So Pete Alonso goes to third. So the Mets have first and third and one out. So Conforto just missed a uh, go-ahead home run. Uh, breathe a sigh of relief there, the Phillies fan. So, uh 
And the Mets actually have the most runs in the seventh inning or later this season. They have 48. The team that's next is the Blue Jays, 38. So Mets have been getting it done. And Gabe Kapler coming out to the mound. He is going to take Adam Morgan out like I thought. He was in there to face the two lefties. And uh, I would think Hector Neris potentially coming in with J.D. Davis. And it is Neris warming up in the bullpen. So we'll see. You know, that was one of the topics, you know, going into the season and over the last couple weeks. What are the Phillies going to do in that bullpen? A lot of people thought it was David Robertson. He just went on the injured list with an elbow injury. He's saying it's not that serious, but who knows? Uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez had a lot of opportunity last year. He's been a little shaky. Uh, and they've gone to uh, a Pat Neshek. They've gone in all different directions. Uh, Neris, though, has been pretty good this year. So uh, if he gets this saved, maybe they go back to him. If he doesn't, then we got chaos on our hands. Maybe they go back to Dominguez. So it is a situation you want to watch because the Phillies are a good team, and they're going to win games, and you would like someone on that team. Uh, I have one league where I have Neris and Dominguez on the same team and just going to hold them and see what happens. Uh, so... We'll see if Neris can get the job done. But Waka in a tough spot today, and he pitches well. I cannot blame anyone that benched him. Uh, I certainly did myself. I was scared uh, of pitching him in Milwaukee, and he's pitched very well today. Uh, Paul DeYoung with three hits. He's hitting 333. If you saw my rankings or read my preseason pro picks, you better be on your team if you're a member of Scout Fantasy Sports. Uh, he was my NL sleepy, uh, sleeper hitter. Uh, really liked them a lot going into the year, especially since they were hitting him third in the lineup, and uh, he has excelled. For Milwaukee, Christian Yelich has not hit a home run yet. He's 0 for 2 with a walk and a strikeout. Uh, Wilkerson with the home run, the pitcher for the Milwaukee. Corbin Burns, another shaky start, man. You know, we just saw Freddie Peralta go on the injury list. What are they going to do with Corbin Burns? Three in the third innings, nine hits, five earned runs, two walks, three Ks. He's allowed two more home runs. His ERA is sitting at 10.70, so. He's got a good arm, but, man, he's just allowing way too many home runs and got to wonder what they do with him. Uh, Burns is someone that I do have in uh, an important league, and uh, uh, it's tough right now. i got injuries. There's not a lot on the waiver wire, and uh, you got to wonder what's going to happen with Burns' role here in the rotation. Uh, you got the White Sox leading the Royals 2-0 in the top of the fifth. Uh, Tim Anderson. With a home run here for the White Sox, he's off to one of the best starts this year. And I think a lot of people kind of avoided him. They were like, uh, strikeout to walk ratio sucks. The average is low. Well, he's hitting 424 right now. Four home runs, and he's got six stolen bases. So one of the better values so far for sure. Shortstop was a very deep position, man. There were so many shortstops that I like. I didn't draft him interested anywhere this year. You know, I thought he could be 20-20 with the low average. But there's just so many shortstops I liked, like... Paul DeYoung and Jorge Polanco, Marcus Simeon. There was just so many shortstops that I liked uh, that it was it's kind of spread across the board. And then you had the shortstops early on that are pretty good. Trevor Story, I got in my keeper league. You know, he had three stolen bases yesterday, so there was a lot there. Lucas Giolito was rolling in this game. Two and two-thirds scoreless innings, a walk in five Ks, and he hurt his hamstring, and he was removed from the game. So that's a real tough break there. Interested to see if Giolito can finally put it together. For the Royals... Uh, Brad Keller on the mound. He's been pretty good this year, but struggling a little bit today with the walks. He's walked four, three hits, two earned runs, and two Ks in four innings for the Royals. And the other game that's underway here, it's bottom of the third in Los Angeles. The Dodgers and the Reds, it is scoreless in the bottom of the third. Sonny Gray off to a good start. Two scoreless innings, four strikeouts in. 
I had a decision to make in Tout Wars because I have Sonny Gray, and I've got some good pitching. My pitching's actually been pretty good there. It's my offense where I'm struggling because I have uh, five guys on the injured list. And I said, all right, Sonny Gray, his last already left getting hit in the leg, and it's against the Dodgers, and the Dodgers are just an offense you really don't want to go up against. I said, I'll, I'll play it safe and bench Gray, and it's only two innings, but uh, I do like Sonny Gray this year. You know, I talked about him. I wrote about him when the trade was made. You know, he just he was horrible at Yankee Stadium, and uh, I think it was in his head. I mean, I don't like to say that all the time, but if you look at the home road splits, it was vast. I mean, he was awful at Yankee Stadium and good on the road. You send him to the National League, it's not a great ballpark, but he's a guy that gets ground balls. So Sonny Gray was someone that I did take in a couple leagues and uh, do think he can return some value this year, uh, and he's off to a good start. Meanwhile, Walker Bueller, he is rolling as well. A very important start for him, uh, for his fantasy owners, just giving him peace of mind. I mean, the Reds are a lineup that is just really brutal right now. Uh, three scoreless innings for Bueller, one hit, one walk, struck out four, 49 pitches, 29 for strikes as a... Uh, Reds lineup is just not getting it done. They've tried to switch things up. They're hitting Joey Votto leadoff for the second straight game. Puig's in the two spot. They move Winker to the three. Kemp four, Dietrich five. Uh, it's just not happening. Jose Peraza, who's struggling, he gets the day off. But no one's really hitting in that lineup at all right now. you got a lot of guys in this lineup with averages below 200. So I, I thought the Reds would be improved. I like the, the moves they made in the offseason. Obviously, the Scooter Jeanette injury has definitely hurt them. But, man, it's been a... A brutal start for the Reds, and uh, I know they have, uh, you know, facing the Dodgers isn't easy. They got some good pitchers there, but, you know, it's just been a, a nightmarish start uh, if you have any investment in the Cincinnati Reds offensive players, and you just got to hope that they can turn it around. Uh, so Hector Neris has come in. He struck out J.D. Davis for the second out of the inning, so Mets have first and third with two outs. Hector Neris trying to lock it down, and a uh, nice splitter there to get J.D. Davis to chase, and I got to think Hector Neris is owned in most leagues by now. I know I have him in a couple. He's in my active lineup. Picked him up a couple weeks ago when he had that one save. And I didn't spend a lot of fab either. There were some bids that were crazy high. And I, th I think the save might have happened on a Sunday. And that's another thing. And you know this if you're in a competitive league. You got to pay attention to everything that happens on Sunday. And I just saw that save. And I said, you know what? Let me take a shot. Uh, he's looked good so far, and he has closer experience. And he finished the season strong last year after he came back up from the minor leagues. And we know a lot of managers like to go with the experienced guy. So I thought Neris had a shot, and the Robertson injury opens the door. We'll see if he can get it done here today. And uh, it is Gabe Kapler, though, so I don't know what he'll do. Uh, but Ahmad Rosario hits a slow roller and beats it out. So a run scores. It is now 3-2. to two. Phillies lead the Mets. Rosario with an infield single for an RBI, and... You know, like if that was the blown save or this is a part of it, like, you know, that's why you that's why you need to watch these games with uh, the closers. You know, a lot of people just look at box scores like, oh, he gave up two runs in one inning. He sucks. I mean, that was a slow roller. I mean, not very, no hard contact and Rosario can run. So he beat it out. Uh, we'll see what transpires here. But Wilson Ramos is the pinch hitter here. First and second, two outs for the Mets. Lineups for tonight. Red Sox at Yankee Stadium. Nathan Eovaldi against Jay Happ. Mookie Betts leading off in right field. Xander Bogarts at short. J.D. Martinez in left. Steve Pierce at first. Mitch Moreland is the D.H. Dustin Pedroia at second. Raphael Devers at third. Christian Vasquez behind the plate. And Jackie Bradley in center field hitting ninth. For the Yankees, Brett Gardner leading off in center. Aaron Judge in right. Luke Voigt at first base. Glaber Torres at short. D.J. LeMahieu is at second base hitting fifth. Clint Frazier the D.H. Mike Talkman in left field. Gio Ursula at third. 
Austin Rollmine is the catcher, hitting ninth. The Indians in Seattle, Carlos Carrasco against Eric Swanson. For the Indians, Leonis Martin in center field. Jose Ramirez at third. Jason Kipnis at second base. He's off to a good start. I was desperate. I had to pick him up over the weekend. Hey, he got me a stolen base yesterday. Thank you. Carlos Gonzalez in left field, hitting fourth. Tyler Naquin, the DH. Jake Bowers at first base. Greg Allen in right. Roberto Perez is the catcher. And Mike Freeman at shortstop. Francisco Lindor homered yesterday in his rehab assignment. He could be back in a couple of days. He might not spend much time down there, and the Indians certainly desperately need him. Wilson Ramos was just hit in the elbow by a pitch, so the bases are loaded, and Ramos looks to be in pain. Let's hope this isn't serious. Ramos has been uh, tremendous for the Mets this year, and uh, he is hunched down, and just got to hope it hit that spot of the elbow where you just get that sting because Mets cannot afford to lose him. Uh, So he's being looked at now. And uh, the bases will be loaded. Uh, for the Mariners, Mitch Hanniger leading off in center. Domingo Santana in left. Jay Bruce is in right. Edwin Encarnacion in first. Dan Vogelbeck back in the lineup after a day off. He is the DH. Tim Beckham at short. Omar Narvaez at catcher. Ryan Healy's at third. And Dylan Moore playing second base batting ninth for Seattle. The Pirates in Detroit. Trevor Williams against Spencer Turnbull. For the Pirates, Adam Frazier at second, Starling Marte in center, Colin Moran at first, Josh Bell the DH, Melky Cabrera in right, batting fifth, Francisco Cervelli at catcher hitting sixth, Jung Ho Gong homered yesterday, had a few days off, Jason Martin in left field, Eric Gonzalez is at shortstop, hitting ninth for the Tigers. Um, Wilson Ramos is staying in the game, he will go to first base. Josh Harrison at second base leading off. Nicholas Castellanos in right field batting second. Mikael Cabrera is the DH hitting third. Nico Goodrum at first base hitting cleanup. Christian Stewart in left. Heimer Candelario at third. Rodriguez at short. Hicks at catcher. Jacoby Jones in center field batting ninth. Giants in Washington. Jeff Samarja against Jeremy Hellickson. Steven Duger leading off in right field. Joe Panix at second. Buster Posey is the catcher. Brandon Belt at first. Brandon Crawford at short. Evan Longoria at third. Kevin Pillar in center. Gerardo Parra in left, and Jeff Samarja is on the mound, hitting ninth. For the Nationals, Adam Eaton in right field leading off. Anthony Rendon's at third base, hitting second. Juan Soto in left, hitting third. Matt Adams at first base, hitting cleanup. Could be a good play in DFS. We mentioned his cheap price on Fandle. I think it was 22 or 2400 but a good spot there for him. Hitting cleanup, Howie Kendricks at second base, hitting fifth. Kurt Suzuki is the catcher hitting sixth. Wilmer Defoe at short batting seventh. Jeremy Hellickson on the mound hitting eighth. And Victor Robles in center field batting ninth. Orioles in Tampa. David Hess against Ryan Stanek, the opener for the Orioles. Jonathan Villar is at second base leading off. Trey Mancini is the DH. Dwight Smith Jr. in left. Renato Nunez at first. Rio Ruiz at third. Joey Rickard in right. Jesus Sucre is the catcher. Richie Martin at short. And Cedric Mullins in center field hitting ninth for the Rays. Austin Meadows in right field leading off. Tommy Pham's in left, hitting second. G-Man Choice at first, batting third. Yandy Diaz at third. Brandon Lau at second base. Avisail Garcia, the DH. Kevin Kiermeyer's in center. Mike Zunino's the catcher. Willie Adamas is at short. Cubs in Miami. Cole Hamels against Sandy Alcantara for the Cubs. Ben Zobrist in right. Chris Bryant at third. Anthony Rizzo at first base. Javier Baez at short, batting fourth. Jason Hayward in center field, hitting fifth. Wilson Contreras is the catcher, hitting sixth. Delscasso at second, Schwarber in left, and Cole Hamels on the mound hitting ninth. For the Marlins, Isaac Galloway in center, Martin Prado at first, Brian Anderson at third, Jorge Alfaro is the catcher, Starlin Castro at second, Miguel Rojas at short, Austin Dean in left, Rosel Herrera in right, and Alcantara on the mound hitting ninth. The Diamondbacks in Atlanta, Zach Gottlieb against Kevin Gossman. 
Jared Dyson in center, Eduardo Escobar at third, David Peralta's in left, Adam Jones in right field hitting cleanup, Christian Walker at first, Cattell Marte at second, Nick Ahmed at short, Caleb Joseph is the catcher, and Zach Godley on the mound hitting ninth. For the Braves, Ozzie Albies leading off at second, Josh Donaldson at third, Freddie Freeman at first, Ronald Acuna's in left, Nick Markakis in right, Dansby Swanson is at short, Brian McCann at, off the injured list at catcher, Ender Inciarte in center, and Kevin Gossman's on the mound. Trent Thornton for the Blue Jays against Jake Odorizzi, the Twins. For the Twins, Max Kepler leading off in left, in right field. Jorge Polanco at short. Nelson Cruz is the DH. Eddie Rosario on left. CJ Crone at first. Uh, Marvin Gonzalez at third. Jonathan Scope at second. Jason Castro is the catcher. And Brian Buxton in center field hitting ninth. The Angels in Texas. Matt Harvey against Lance Lynn. As uh, Hector Neris just struck out Keon Broxton on a full count with the bases loaded. So the Phillies beat the Mets 3-2. Neris, a little bit of trouble. He allowed a weak grounder for a single, infield single. He hit a batter, and he struck out Keon Broxton to get the save. So I would think he's the closer for now, but it is Gabe Kaplan and the Phillies. You never know. They'll be playing the matchups, but I think Neris needs to be on in fantasy leagues if he isn't already and picked him up two weeks ago and have held on. Uh, Mike Trout is the DH once again tonight for the Angels, so he's not ready to go play the outfield, but the good news he is he is in the lineup tonight. So uh, the final game is the Astros and A's. Wade Miley against Freaky Montas. That wraps it up here. You can find me, ScoutFantasySports.com. Any questions, head over there on the message boards and the forums. I'll be back along with Dr. Roto Thursday afternoon, 2 p.m. Eastern. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have a great day.